Welcome to today's message from Refuge Point Church. We would love for you to join us for one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 9.30 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org. Or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play. Now, here's today's message. ...to be with us here uh, on this fine, fine Sunday afternoon. Um, you got a Bible? Why don't you grab it and turn to the book of John, John's Gospel. Today we are going to start a series that is going to last a really long time <laughs> called The Gospel of John. We're so creative, we just decided to name it after its very own name. Jokes get better, I promise. Um, actually, it's not a joke. Um, so, our first Christmas together, about nine years ago, I went through the book of John, chapter one, and it actually took me just four weeks to go through that uh, one chapter. In fact, I didn't even make it all the way through. And I'll just be honest with you, at that moment, I really did just kind of fall in love with John's gospel. I mean, he kind of took the ranking of my favorite gospel after I did that. And I just really began to study it and just go through it on my own time. Uh, in fact, what I typically do when I go through discipling with uh, some young guys or people who are being uh, who have just been converted to Christ is we go through John together. So this is an exciting time for me. Uh, so if I do a few praise breaks, it's okay. I'm just excited to do the book of John. Now, I know why. what you're probably thinking, why are we going to do a long series why not just keep it to uh, the shorter series like we'd normally do? Uh, how many of you were here when we did the book of Romans? <laughs> We've grown a few people, I guess. Um, we went through Romans, and I don't know how long it took. It took a really, really long time to go through that book. John's a lot more chapters than Romans, so it'll be a lot longer so when I turn 45, we'll go into a new series. I'm only 36, <laughs> seven, 36. How old am I? 36, thank you. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry, I don't know my age. Uh, does that happen when you get older? Okay. I was looking at all my older people to, to help me out with that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just not afraid to uh, go into the depths of the Bible, and I think that uh, it'll help us. So let me just kind of give you just a little quick background on John is a part of the four Gospels. In fact, uh, I, I got you even a guide to go along with it that I created for you, and you can also download it uh, on the church app and our website. Uh, so you can uh, check out that guide to get more information on John, and it just gives you really a brief snapshot of what the book is all about, gives you a little overview, uh, so to speak. John is a part of four Gospels, uh, if you didn't know that. Uh, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are what we call synoptic Gospels. In other words, they have the same language. In fact, they'll use the same stories uh, and almost word by word what you see. And so they differentiate a little bit, uh, but they're really the same. And so what John does is he's just like, I'm going to write my own Gospel about Jesus and, my, uh, and how I viewed this, this whole story of Jesus. And he gives us a lot, a, a deeper view, more conversations he gives us more uh, philosophy and more theology uh, about Jesus. And really, John just kind of comes out swinging 
on the identity of Jesus, where you have Matthew, who is really kind of addressing uh, the Jews, and Matthew talks really a lot of history, where you had Mark that really talks to the Roman audience, and then um, my CSI guy, Dr. Luke, uh, he kind of goes in depth with uh, and talks to these Greeks, the Greek people who were skeptics, and so that's why when you read Luke, it's, a, it's quite a long book too. Uh, and then John just comes, comes along, he does his own thing, okay? John's like, I got a story to tell. I'm not going to start off with history. I'm not going to start off with nothing uh, about some genealogy. I'm going to come out here and I want you to understand one thing and one purpose. And if I could wrap up the book of John for you, I would do it by how John does it. In John chapter 20, verse 30 through 31 when he says, I write these things to you so that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God. All right, now, that's, that's huge. All of the book of John now is going to grow from that one idea that, hear me, Jesus is God. I need, to, I need you to get that in the depths of your souls, all right? Because I think the reason why we need to do a series around a gospel, and, and really the one that I chose, John, uh, was so that we can get that into our souls. That Jesus is God, and he came for us, all right? So that you might believe. Now, you're, now here's the thing. The reason why I, I feel like this is important, because... Um, we may think that we need to, I need, I need a better understanding of marriage. I need a better understanding of how business works. I need a better understanding of all of these topical things, which that's totally fine to talk about those things. In fact, John's going to talk about those things. But if you don't have your right understanding about who Jesus is, then none of those things really matter. You don't need more relationship series. You need Jesus. All right? Look at the person beside you and say, you need Jesus. Some of you are like, bro, you have no idea how bad that person that's beside me needs Jesus. Air last one of us need it. So John wants you to believe that idea, Jesus is God, okay, and that that's the whole point of that. And in believing in him, you may experience, and John's going to use this a lot life. And there's two types of life that John's going to talk about. One is from John 10, 10, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus speaking, that you may have life abundantly in the here and now. And then, you know, the famous uh, 3.16, that's in John 2, right? John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, who shall believe he was not perish to have what? Eternal life. Eternal life. <laughs> I was not speaking in tongues. I was actually giving you the scripture. <laughs> so you had this idea. God came so that you might believe, and in your believing, you have abundant life and eternal life. That's John, okay? So now we got that out of the way. Not that John, the Gospel of John, all right? John chapter 1, I know in your our guide it says we're going to read five verses. I lied, we're going to read 18 verses, okay? But we're only going to go through, and we may go through six of them. In the beginning was the word that's so important, all right? In fact, if you have a real Bible, you should highlight, underline, circle, exclamation point, whatever you need to do, all right? That's crucial. 
and the word was with God, all right? And I need to read this slowly so that we can grasp what John's doing here. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a sudden dramatic change. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Not the John we're talking about, but this is John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not even recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God, my favorite verse of all time, and the word, who's the word? Jesus is the word. Jesus is God, became flesh, and dwelt among us. Boy, I can't wait to get to that one. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So John testified concerning him and explained, This was the one of whom I said, the one was coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from the fullness, for the law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, no one's ever seen God and the only one, the one and the only son who is himself God and, and he's right here at God's side. And so now is this time where the heavens are breaking open and he's about to reveal himself. So, hallelujah. <laughs> so I love how John, he just kind of he does not want you playing a guessing game, right? That's what I love about this rich book. John's not wanting you to think, well, maybe Jesus maybe isn't the guy that they're talking about. No, John's like, listen, he's the word. The word was God. The word was with God. And the word, God, became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, this is going to create for us in the future some problems when we start talking through uh, the Trinity and what all that means, because some of us are going to be a lot confused about it. But let me, and I'll explain it to us so that we can understand. So we have God, God the Father, and he's working himself out in three different ways. And one of these ways that he is working himself out is becoming the son of man, the son of God, Jesus, God with flesh on. And so Jesus is this word. And so John's not making no beef about it. He's not trying to keep you guessing on who Jesus is. Jesus is God. This separates you and I from everything. This separates us. And here's what I mean by that. By every religion out there. This is what keeps us saved in Christians is this fundamental idea that Jesus is God. This is what keeps us in our doctrine. Jesus is God because others will want you to believe that Jesus was some created being, which is not what John just said. 
Some of you would, he would, other religions would want you to think that uh, they have uh, this battle in heaven against Jesus and Satan, and they were brothers. And so it's just this weird dynamic, and God's like, all right, Jesus, you do your thing. And so they created him. It's just really weird. It gets very mixed. So you have Muslims who believe one thing about Jesus, that he was just some good teacher. But John's like, I need to clear the air so that you all can understand this important fact, which is Jesus is God. So Jesus is a very interesting guy. In fact, I would suggest that Jesus is perhaps the most influential person that's ever lived. In fact, think about this. Think about the most influential people that you know. All right, now think about all of the influential people that are like, that you don't know, but you wished you knew. You know, like some of those rich, influential people. Amen? <laughs> like, think about this. Think about, like, Steve Jobs. There's a picture of him, if you don't know who this guy is. This guy was fired by Apple and then later was rehired by Apple, and he led them to this, revol- I mean, he revolutionized technology. Okay? Like, how many of you have an Apple product right now? Yeah. So he was a very, would we all agree that he was a very influential person? All right, now, then I think about the music industry, and I've been listening to this guy a, a lot, a lot, and his name is Johnny Cash. Um, anybody know this guy? You know him personally? Uh, got you there. I mean, think about this guy. This guy is incredible. All right, his music, his voice, his tone, I mean, just captivate. I would suggest that he was an incredible, influential musician, all right? All right, what about this next guy? Does anybody know who this person is right here? Bob Hope. Like, none of the young people knew who that was. But in his time, he was incredible. I mean, he was the most influential comedian in his day. I mean, then, like, I don't know if you all, you all knew this, but they kind of died around the same time. All right, we had no job, no cash, and no hope. I'll see what they did there. I've been waiting all week to tell that joke, y'all. But here's what I know that over time, <laughs> this is why I don't get paid the big bucks. You can, you can, you can take that off the screen because that was terrible. <laughs> anyway, I would suggest that even the most influential people you know, their, their influence dies over time. All right? But Jesus' influence has not died. His influence, honestly, revolutionized culture and made a shift in culture in such that it's still affecting us today. Think about um, his view on equality. There was a, a common view that rank must always be kept. All right, this was a Roman philosophy that they held onto. And then here comes Paul with this new philosophy. And he comes up and he says, there's neither Jew nor Gentile nor male or female in the kingdom of God. All are one. You know where equality came from? It came from Jesus. All right, what about the value of children? All right, this Seneca, this Roman philosopher said this about children. We drown every children, we drown even children who at birth are weak and abnormal like a literal drown, they kill them. That was crazy. Jesus comes in the scene in Matthew and he says, let the little children come unto me. 
So you don't understand the weight of that now. It wasn't just like, let's have a little Bible lesson, kiddos. No, he's like, you kids are being persecuted. And I say, let all the children come to me. So it's changed our view of children. It's, it's changed our view of Jesus' influence, even changed our view of uh, women. Listen to what this one Roman letter said. If you are delivering of a, if you are delivered of a child, if it's a boy, keep it. If it's a girl, you may choose to just discard her. <laughs> okay? Um, in, in Luke's gospel, Jesus comes on, and you hear this phrase, a large number of people followed Jesus, including women. Jesus goes and has conversations with women. The person who found Jesus went no longer dead was a woman. So, so liberalism did not change our view of women. Jesus did. So let's talk about influence here, okay? The most influential person you know fails to compare. They cannot compete with Jesus who has revolutionized and changed culture to where now 2,000 years later, when you say we still agree with those things, now, arguably, culture has probably got a little issue with the children, but that's not today's sermon. I want to just point out a few things from this text. In verse 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created who made everything? I really ain't here to help me, so I need somebody else to talk back to me. Who, who created everything? Jesus did. It's pretty amazing now, because Jesus is the word. Where's Jesus at in this story? With God in the beginning. This is not just John's language. This was also Paul's language. In Colossians chapter 1, 16 says, for everything was created by him, meaning Jesus in heavens and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. So we know that from Genesis, this Genesis narrative, that God created everything and how God created everything was, was how? He spoke it. So the active agent who was the one creating was the word of God. Who was the word of God? Jesus is the one who created all things. So think about that. That means that Jesus created you. And if he created you, then that means that he was, that you were created by him and for him. You were not created for a good job for 20 children. God help you if that's your dream. Um, nightmare, I should say. You were not created for your spouse. You know why you weren't created for your spouse, for your job, for your career? Because those things do not fulfill you. You had one purpose in mind when Jesus was creating you, and that was to be used for his glory and for his purpose. So do you think Jesus is up there wondering whether or not you get that raise or that promotion or whether or not you meet this fancy girl or this fancy guy? 
I mean, yeah, he cares, but come on now. In reality, in the grand scheme of eternity, you were created for one purpose and one purpose alone. And that was for Jesus because he's the one who created you. Now I know for me, that settled in my heart like some, some weird thoughts. So Jesus created everything. That created a conundrum for me. So he created everything. So does he mean that he created like sorrow? Does he create, did he create all these things? And so what I had to do was think about it through the lens of the crucifixion. Think about the cross that was etched out of a tree. Who created that? Jesus did. The nails that were sculpted to go through his hands and his feet, who created that? Jesus did. The spit that came out of somebody's mouth as Jesus was walking through and having him mocked with verbal words, who gave them the capability to spit on him and to speak at him? Jesus did. Who gave the people the muscle power to beat him brutally in the streets? Jesus gave them that power. Who allowed them to create a whip that would reach on his back and rip the the skin right off of him? Who allowed them to have fingers to grab onto his beard to rip it off of his face? Jesus did. Jesus created the things that which would destroy him. Think about that. Jesus did that. So in light of our suffering, in light of why do bad things happen to me, I've just got to refocus and kind of get the perspective of the gospel back into my soul. Because the very one that created the sorrow that was upon him is the one who created it. Jesus did that. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, the word was with God, and he created all things for him, himself, and all things were created by him. This is Jesus, the creator of the gospel. Here's another thing that I told y'all I'd get real excited. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've had a lot of coffee too, and then I'm on the Sudafed stuff, and I'm just, just drowning up here. Look at verse four. This is great. In him was life, and that word life is going to be exposed a lot in John's gospel. The word that life was the light of men, that light shines in the darkness, and yet darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Isn't that funny? Like, we're talking about God. We're talking about Jesus. I don't know if I got my grammar. I got one grammar teacher in here. I don't know how you would scale this, this paper but I'd say John just got an F. Like, bro, can we, come on, reel it back in. We're talking about one person here, and then all of a sudden, John's going to include uh, this guy named John the Baptist into uh, his, his narrative here. So the word life is going to be used over and over again, and that's what the purpose is of this book, that John wants his readers to be convinced of that this life is from God, and that the only way you experience his life is through his son, Jesus, and that comes from, again, John 10, 10, John 3, 16, and so now the idea of not only life is presented, but now light is introduced in this text. 
So all of the darkness that's in this world, at this moment, here's God wanting to incredibly uh, expose himself to the world by how John reveals it, by exposing the darkness with his light. And so the light enters into our fray and the light enters into our lives and it crushes the darkness. Now, I would suggest, and this created another conundrum for me as well, uh, that isn't there still darkness? Can we all agree that there is still something inside of me that's dark? Have you ever stepped into a space that you just said, man, this just feels dark? Like, like what happened? What so if God came to crush out the darkness, if God came to expose the darkness for what it really is, then why do we still experience darkness? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> At least that's the question I was asking myself. This is the reason why John abruptly changes his writings here from Jesus, 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 John the Baptist. Because now that the light has come into the world, God's method is always to use people to be the agents of the light to do one thing, expose the darkness with the light of Christ. Let me, let me ask you something. If you've been wondering what your purpose is in this life, let me tell you what the purpose is. Why were you created? You were created, right here, verse 6, to be a reflection of the light, to carry the light out into a world that's dark. Now, I don't know why there's still darkness, because sin is still uh, in, in our world today. Uh, and, and I do know this, that one day that sin and that darkness will be completely vanquished when the moment that Christ arrives and gets his children. What I do know now is that there is still a lot of hurt, there's still a lot of sin, and there's still a lot of darkness in our world today. So what do we do with that? What do we do with the fact that we feel like we have no purpose, we feel like there's no reason for me to be here. Why do we feel like that? And have you ever wondered, why do we feel like that, especially in our world today? Like you got so much to do. Yet so many of us, we still feel like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, you'll be like multitasking, you'll be on your job, you'll be, uh, I, don't, I don't know, like there's so much to do in our world today, but yet we feel like we have nothing to do. I would just suggest that perhaps the reason why you feel like that is because you're using your energy in the wrong way and God wants you to use your gifts, your talents, your energy to carry the light and to go into the darkest places of life and say, I found the light. I found God and his name is Jesus. So that longing of wanting to be fulfilled in your life, that void that you have in your soul, it will never be filled by you chasing after your girl, chasing after your dude, chasing after the dream job, chasing after the right moment in your life. 
that void will only be filled when you meet Jesus Christ. And when that light of Christ comes down on you and exposes the darkness in your own life, and then you have God's grace. And now you go out and you share that light. This is why this is kind of a grammatical train wreck in here is when I was first reading this. Why does John just abruptly change his whole idea here? But he does that so that you can understand that Jesus Christ came as God. Jesus Christ not only came as God, but he came as God so that you might believe that in him you have life and life abundantly. And the only way you find that is through belief in Jesus Christ, that he is God. And the only reason and the only way you find that fulfillment is through that, through the light of Christ. Some of us may be here and we may be thinking like, brother, I already know this. This is gospel. And we've sectioned off the gospel like it's gospel 101. You've probably heard me say that many times, like Gospel 101, this is just elementary, this is basic stuff. Then why, why is your life still a train wreck? Why is your marriage failing? Why are your relationships always in chaos? Because if this is just Gospel 101, then that means you've graduated from what Christ has done for you. And you listen to me carefully. You will never graduate from the idea that Christ came as God to save you and to give you life. We don't need another sermon about how my marriage needs to be fulfilled. You need to know Jesus. So let me just pray over this morning. Thanks for tuning in to Refuge Point Church's broadcast. We hope you were both challenged and encouraged by today's message. We would love for you to join us at one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 9.30 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org. Or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play.